Hi there, it's Ed here with a short message before we start the pod this week. Did you know that our most informed investors get insights, articles and investment ideas from Tom, me and the team sent directly to them via email and it is completely free. You can join them. Just subscribe at fidelity.co.uk slash newsletters. In this week's market update, airstrikes on Houthi rebels in Yemen reignite inflation fears. Bitcoin joins the investment mainstream and the US election kicks off in Iowa. Well, we're halfway through January and the festive season is quickly fading in the memory. The Santa rally that saw financial markets surge in the final two months of 2023 on the back of hopes for a rapid fall in inflation and a return to lower interest rates has also been put on hold by events in the Middle East. Weekend attacks by the US and UK on Houthi rebels in Yemen has given investors an abrupt wake-up call. The Goldilocks soft landing scenario looks less certain in the wake of what looks likely to be continued mass diversions of container shipping traffic away from the Red Sea route to the Suez Canal. This accounts for the lion's share of shipping from Asian manufacturers to European and US East Coast consumers and threatens to reignite inflation as shipping costs rise. The jury remains out on how big the economic impact of the diversions will be. Sending ships around the bottom of Africa can add a couple of weeks to journeys, with a potentially significant knock-on impact on costs from higher fuel. The Red Sea is a crucial shipping lane, accounting for around 15% of global sea trade, including 8% of grain, 12% of seaborne oil, and 8% of natural gas. Since the Houthi attacks first began in October, Red Sea traffic has fallen sharply and was around 70% below usual volumes in early January. Freight rates for a standard 20-foot container from China to Northern Europe have already more than doubled from $1,500 to $4,000, although this remains well below the levels reached during the pandemic. During the supply chain disruptions caused by COVID, freight rates for similar journeys hit $14,000. What may be more of a problem than higher shipping costs is a potential surge in the oil price if the Israel-Hamas conflict broadens out. So far, since the war began in October, the oil price has actually fallen as high levels of spare capacity, strong OPEC supplies and slowing demand keep a lid on the cost of crude. However, Brent rose back above $80 a barrel in the wake of the US-led attacks. It's estimated that a $10 rise in the oil price adds about half a percentage point to European inflation. The counter-argument is that shipping costs are a small proportion of the value of high-priced goods like consumer electronics, and that companies will quickly adjust their inventory management to accommodate the longer delivery times. Andrew Bailey, the Bank of England governor, said last week that he'd been quite surprised by the relatively small impact of the escalation on the oil price. Inflation is once again a key focus this week, with prices data due here in the UK as well as in Germany and Japan. The biggest factor for the UK's immediate inflation outlook is a sharp decline in wholesale gas prices. The current prediction for the average price over 2024 has now fallen below 80 pence per firm. As recently as November, the market was looking for 140 pence per firm. That could trigger a big drop in the Bank of England's forecast for UK inflation overall. 
The BOE's most recent prediction was a 3.7% average for 2024, but the latest figure for November was 3.9%, and it looks likely that it's already on track to undershoot the average. As a consequence, it now looks likely that UK interest rates will follow the expected lead from the US Federal Reserve and could be as low as 4% by the end of the year. Goldman Sachs has forecast a 3% rate by the middle of next year. Obviously, events in the Middle East could change the timing and extent of rate cuts this year, but it does look like the direction of travel for monetary policy is set. That said, an unexpected jump in US inflation to 3.4% last week showed that interest rates are not a one-way bet. Central banks will need to see firmer evidence of slowing wage growth in particular before they pull the trigger on monetary easing. The stock market response to the weekend's Middle East developments will most likely be somewhat muted by the Martin Luther King holiday in the US, which means the US is closed for a day. Elsewhere, it's been a mixed bag. China's market slipped slightly as the People's Bank of China kept interest rates unchanged despite hopes for a cut. China has resisted stimulating its sluggish economy in the year or so since the country reopened after the COVID pandemic. But more recently, it's looked likely that the authorities would resort to boosting the economy again. Meanwhile, the other two big markets in Asia, Japan and India, continue on a roll. Japan has soared recently on the back of the Bank of Japan's continuing dovishness and recently hit a 34-year high. The Nikkei 225 index is now within a whisker of the all-time high reached on the last day of the 1980s, at the height of Japan's decade-long property and stock market boom, when the country looked as if it would overtake the US as the world's leading economy. That bubble burst, and Japanese shares have languished in the more than three decades since then, bottoming out around 10 years ago, when a series of reforms from then-Prime Minister Shinzo Abe helped Japan to begin regaining its mojo. Currently, the market is benefiting from a new set of corporate reforms that the government and Tokyo Stock Exchange are implementing to encourage companies to put shareholders first and boost their value with higher dividends, share buybacks, and a clear strategy to work their balance sheets harder. Meanwhile, in India, the Nifty 50 index has breached 22,000 for the first time in its history as investors warm to the country's encouraging economic prospects and a rally in its important technology sector. India has always been one of the most highly rated of emerging stock markets, and the recent rally has taken its valuation up to levels that are comparable with the popular US market. Indian shares are priced at more than 20 times expected earnings. One of the key drivers of investment markets this year is expected to be politics, with the busiest year ever for democratic elections in store in 2024. The action has already begun with a widely watched election in Taiwan, delivering a pro-independence leadership that will not have pleased Beijing, which is committed to reunification in the long run. No one is expecting any action from China in the short term, not least because until the US election is concluded in November, Beijing cannot judge what the reaction of the rest of the world and the US in particular would be. Further out, however, there's less certainty. The US election itself is an unusually protracted affair, with this week's caucus in Iowa acting as the traditional starting point of a year-long campaign. Currently, the front-runners remain Donald Trump for the Republicans and Joe Biden for the Democrats, 
But given both candidates' age and the ongoing court cases involving Donald Trump, neither can be seen as a shoo-in for their respective parties. The most important driver of stock markets remains corporate earnings, and on this front, we're in the very early stages of the fourth quarter earnings season. The good news is that earnings appear to have bottomed out during 2023, with a shallow downturn in profits last year, laying the groundwork for improving earnings this year and next. Double-digit gains in 2024 and again in 2025 remain the consensus for now, although if the US economy does head towards a recession, as looks possible, then that kind of earnings growth may be hard to achieve. And finally, Bitcoin received an important boost this week as the SEC approved a number of cryptocurrency-linked ETFs that bring this niche investment further into the mainstream. Trading volumes for Bitcoin surged last week after the first 10 US ETFs were launched. The price of Bitcoin has risen by around 50% over the last six months as consensus has grown about the likelihood of SEC approval, which makes it easier for ordinary investors to gain exposure to the best-known cryptocurrency. Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.